This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Hey, welcome to the EM Weekly Show, and this is your host, Todd DeVos speaking, and uh, Dan Scott with me. Hey, Dan. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about something that uh, I think is important for us as emergency managers, especially those that um, are managing um, programs that are part of universities and colleges, uh, schools, um, and any kind of facility type of, of, of thing. So this week, we're talking to Karen Carroll from Zero Eyes. Uh, and talking about AI, um, artificial intelligence, that is, weapons, identification systems, and using technology to stop um, active shooter situations. And, uh, you know, we've seen this happening time and time again. Uh, we just had the other day, yesterday, uh, there was uh, an active shooter or some sort of shooting incident going on at a mall in, near my hometown in Albany, New York. Um, and, you know, it can get anywhere, right? And so... I think it's really important. So Karen, uh, Carol, uh, Kieran, I'm sorry, Carol is a uh, the VP of, of Commercial and Government Affairs at Zero Eyes, and he has a uh, venture-backed uh, back artificial intelligence company that develops weapons detection, analytics, and integrates them into existing surveillance systems. So the cool part about this, though, is like not only is he here to talk about this, right, because that's, that's important, but uh, Mr. Carol, he was an officer in the United States Navy, He's uh, an academy grad guy, uh, so his, his bona fides are, are really strong right there. So, Kieran, welcome to Ian Weekly. Yeah, thank, thanks, Todd. Thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for joining us this morning. So, man, AI stuff is really exciting. Uh, we were talking about how we can use AI specifically with um, data analysis and, and predictive uh, analysis type stuff. But uh, how do we use it? What is Zero Eyes, and, and how, do, how are you guys using AI to help save lives? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's a pretty simple concept um, on the surface. So, uh, you know, Zero Eyes as a company has been around for the last two years. Uh, We um, were a team of of former military veterans for the most part based out of Philadelphia. And the CEO, Mike Lahiff, and and the COO, Rob Huberty, were both working corporately. Um, You know, they're they're both, uh, you know, former Navy SEALs, MBAs, when, when did the corporate thing. But at some point, they started seeing these headlines of, of kids getting killed in a mass shooting or, you know, workers getting gunned down in, in a workplace violence event. And they said there has to be something better out there uh, that's more proactive and actionable than, than existing active shooter, mass shooter technologies that are on the market. And they, they both started looking at, at various solutions. And, and what they landed on was really fascinating. They, they said, we can take the existing commercial security cameras or surveillance cameras that are already in schools, they're already in malls, they're in big box retail. I mean, they're they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And they said, let's do some sort of artificial analytic to make them into a a sort of a proactive force multiplier so that when someone with a visible gun comes within field of view of of one of these cameras, that we'll be able to trigger a series of alerts within seconds um, and, you know, be able to geolocate that threat, get, you know, first responders and local law enforcement there. Uh, much faster than sort of the, the, the traditional thing that we've seen play out so many times in the last 20 years of, 
of frantic 911 phone calls of, of sort of mass pandemonium in these events. Um, and the cool thing is, is that we've done that over the last uh, two years. We spent about a year building out the, the product. We recruited an incredible uh, technology team. We're doing probably some of the most uh, cutting edge computer vision analytics that, that are out there. Uh, but, but again, it's, it's a pretty simple idea for, from, you know, a, a high level. So all, all the technology stuff is a little bit more complex. Um, and I, I think the great thing about what we're trying to do is that it, it's a universal use case. So you, you see a lot of stuff in the media about like facial recognition or behavioral sort of uh, predictive analysis type stuff that, that a lot of these companies are trying to do. Um, and, you know, we, we looked at all that and we said, hey, you know, I think everyone can kind of get behind seeing, uh, you know, or alerting when a gun is present. Um, and, and so far, we've just run with that idea and we're, we're doing pretty well as a company so far. So your system, it integrates with the current system that they may have. They don't have to upgrade their systems at all? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's the other thing that, uh, you know, our, our clients like, um, you know, th there's no crazy hardware upgrade. You don't have to rip out your cameras, provided that you already have a, a pretty decent camera system in place. Um, so we're, uh, we're just a software that's going to integrate to your existing stuff. Do you offer cameras and stuff to go along with the existing uh, software if they don't have that as an option? We, so we don't. We, we don't sell cameras. Um, we're happy to point people in the direction of, of some of our, uh, you know, integrator partners or even some of the OEMs like like Axis, for example. We have a great relationship with Axis. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Did you, and one question I, I had when I heard about the company, which I think is a great, um, a great software, is... Um, is it only guns that it um, that it identifies that they have a weapon as a as a firearm, or is there is it does it address like someone walking down the sh you know walking th down the hall with a knife uh, um, or or another type of weapon that could be used a sword? Yeah, because uh, I mean they're getting creative. You know, uh, they're using knives now and um, uh, axes. I mean, they're attacking people. So my question is: Is it just firearms, or um, can you implement it to where it would potentially identify a knife in a hand? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, so currently, we are just doing firearms. And, and the reason behind that is because if you look at sort of the science of AI, what we have sort of figured out as a company in the last year or two is that you can only really do one thing really, really well with a, with a super high performance at a time. Um, and just because obviously guns are, are sort of, you know, the, the number one cause of mass carnage, uh, we started out with, with just firearms. The other thing that's going to come into play with, with, with a knife, um, and not to get too technical, but a knife under you know most of your traditional security cameras um, is really hard to, to find. There's a lot of variables, you know, depending on on the quality of the camera, the resolution, uh, environmental variables like lighting, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so what what we've sort of we, we sort of held off on the knife thing. And the other thing too that's going to come into play is that. Typically, the, the amount of um, computing power that's going to have to go into figuring out if something's a knife versus a larger object is going to be cost prohibitive for, for most uh, for most clients at this point. Um, but that being said, you know, to your point about swords or like you know machetes or like you know spiked baseball bats, stuff like that is, is, is we're interested in doing that as a company down the road. We, we just want to perfect uh, the, the gun and firearm use case first. So, in, in general, uh, with AI, and, and I want to get a little bit more into the the generalization here so how how does it work like how does it learn and i mean like are there false positives that occur i mean if i walk in there with say i don't know like a baseball bat for instance could it look like a firearm to the ai does it how does it learn how does that work and, and how how does that uh communicate with with uh, campus safety departments 
Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think you'll, you'll find that within the industry, there's really two methodologies. Uh, there's a lot of, of AI companies out there uh, that sort of espouse the methodology that uh, essentially in order to build a, a model, they're going to go to the Internet and they're going to download millions of images of, a, of an object. Let's call it a gun. And then they're going to try to build a data set that way and, and build that into an algorithm. And, and it's going to lead to you know, some sort of performance. And then there's a methodology that we learned really early on, I think was, was more effective and it led to better performance. And that was instead of going to the Internet and downloading, you know, three million images of, of guns, we decided, hey, we are going to custom build our data set. So we have hundreds of thousands of labeled images at this point of guys like myself running around with guns under every type of, you know, commercial security camera on the market, numerous different types of environments, places like office parks, uh, schools, you know, street level cameras, water parks. Um, and we went and built a, a data set that way. And, and, and that's, I, I think, what sort of leads to our, uh, what we believe is, it was industry leading performance. Um, so to answer your question about, you know, how, how the data set and, and, and artificial intelligence algorithm gets built, that, that's the way that, that we do it. Um, and we've noticed, you know, a direct correlation in, in performance. The second part of that is, you know, so, so let's say you know, what happens next, right? Is, is the analytics going to think something's a gun? Um, so to answer your other question, do we get false positives? Yeah, of course, all the time. You know, I, I would push back heavily on any AI or uh, computer vision company that says they do not get false positives. I, I've, I've never seen it happen. Um but going back to the, the way that model is built is going to lead to um, a, a significant uh, drop in false positives. And, and that's what we've done. We, we've made it manageable to the point where a human operator uh, that's on the Zero Us team and is monitoring every single place we're deployed here in the United States, we monitor 24-7, 365. So when a, when a false positive does come into our platform, um, we're able to look at that within a second or two and, and declare it a false positive. Um, I think that's oh, – yep, sorry – Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was going to ask the question kind of on that. Now, does your does your process do you does your do machine learning as well? Which do they does it learn what that's not a base that's a baseball bat, not not a gun, and it puts it in its database? Yeah. So there, there, there's a, a component to that as well. Uh, so every false positive image that we get, we retain that, and this is the only data that we collect uh, throughout the entire process. We just collect the false positive images, we retain those, and then we use them to, to rebuild the model to, to, to deliver stronger performance for our clients. Uh, and we also do stuff like we'll, we'll, uh, we'll build really common data sets of stuff that we see as false positives. So, for example, cell phones um, or, uh, you know, in a school environment, yeah, baseball bats, lacrosse sticks, tennis rackets, um, right. you know, guitar cases, stuff like that. Uh, so, so the entire goal is to make the algorithm as, as smart as possible. So, so my question would be um, too on that, which is I would rather have a false positive than than a false negative, I mean, especially in that situation. But how does it? Um, how does the uh, uh, the software potentially look for concealed? Like what? Like the guitar case? What if I have weapons inside the guitar case? Is it does it only come when I pull them out that I get the alert, or is it does it look for as me as walking down the the hall with the jacket and I got a bulge? Does it look like that type of stuff, or is it got to be in the open? Yeah, so it has to be in the open. It has to be visible. Um, a, a big part of our algorithm is, is weapons in hand. Um, it's a really, really hard uh, challenge to do the concealed thing for, for a, a number of different reasons. For one thing, uh, your typical commercial security camera uh, just doesn't have the capability to do it. Uh, for another thing, you know, you're going to need an absolutely enormous data set. And it, that's also sort of getting into like the, the behavioral and, and the predictive analysis 
sure. to the point where, where again, it, it's going to be cost prohibitive for, for your, your typical, you know, end user or client. Um, so we're, we're just looking at visible guns. And then really the, the other aspect of that is I think right now the U S and I think there's like 31 or 32 States where, where open carry is, is legal, um, to some degree. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're really just looking for, uh, that, that, that intent with, with a gun in hand. Um, I, I think that's a, a big part of, uh, of what we're trying to go for. Can AI do uh, behavioral analysis and predictive uh, uh, behavior type stuff? I think one day, yeah. I, I don't think we're there yet, um, sort of as, as an industry. Uh, you know, th- there's tons of vendors and companies out there that will tell you they can do it. I personally have never seen anything compelling. Um, you know, I, I can say that, you know, we're working with the Department of Defense, for example. The DOD looks at uh, a ton of these vendors every month. Um, I think uh, that they would probably be the first to tell you that that they are still looking for, for that sort of golden solution. They, they haven't mm-hmm. found it yet. Um, but that being said, you know, it's, it's, I'm not at all in any way disparaging the rest of the, the AI community. Sure, sure. We, we have to go, we as a community have to go through these initial steps where, where, where we're trying to do stuff and, and build these data sets because eventually it's all going to come together. Um, we're, we're, I think that's sort of the next generation of AI. And, and who knows when that's going to happen, maybe three, four years down the road. Um, but a lot of this, you know, based on quantum computing and, and stuff like that, that's going to really drive that. Right. I, I know a lot of times when we're moving into the idea of um, using technology. So, for for instance, uh, Titan HST, one of our sponsors, um, you know, they have an app-based um, communications device. And a lot of questions that we get um, are, what's the privacy like? And I know that Titan is very privacy-centric. What are some of the privacy concerns that people have with a system like this, uh, with with the AI, you know, taking a look at everybody with the cameras and things like this? What is the privacy concerns of the clients, and what do you, how do you guys address this? Yeah, that's, a, that's another great question. Um, so we are only looking for guns. Uh, we uh, we look at a commercial security feed ten times per second. So we, we process that down from thirty frames per second to, to ten frames per second. That's going to give us ten opportunities per second to find a gun in that keyframe. Uh, so we're only looking for objects. We don't, uh, we don't collect any data. All the data that, that, uh, that, that we work with is, is all owned by the client uh, with the exception of those false positive images. Um, and the other thing is, you know, we, we're not doing any sort of facial recognition or, you know, behavioral predictive analysis type stuff. Um, I think that uh, there, there's, there's two schools of thought. There, there's one school of thought that says, uh, you know, any sort of surveillance is bad, um, and uh, you know, obviously the public has a right to know. And then there's, a, I think, a slightly better argument, a better school of thought that says, you know, if we do this for the right use case, um, it's going to lead to public to better public safety. Um, and I think we we as a zero eyes solution and weapons detection solution falls more squarely into the, that second train of thought. Um, so, for example, when we're talking to cities. Uh, or, or municipalities about going into their, you know, their real-time crime center surveillance or their citywide surveillance. The conversation isn't about trying to track people or, or do facial. It's trying to find a gun in the open, a weapon in hand um, of someone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, within field of view of one of their cameras, so that we can, you know, dispatch resources appropriately. Um, and I, I don't think we've ever gotten significant pushback from a privacy concern yet. Cool. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the use case and how you integrate with the PSAPs 911 centers. Sure. Hi, 
I'm so happy to be introducing our newest sponsor, VanQuest Tough Build Gear. VanQuest was founded with a simple mission. Build the toughest bags and packs for your everyday carry and help you stay organized and prepared. VanQuest has been making the ultra-durable bags and packs since 2011 right here in Orange County, California. And their bags and packs have been trusted by clients such as the FBI and the U.S. Secret Service and U.S. Special Operations Command. VanQuest bags and packs offer the best organization and user-friendly experience such as high-visibility interior for users to find the essential gear quick. I'm telling you, that's such a great addition because I'm always looking for stuff in my bags and that orange background makes it so easy to find. You know, VanQuest is offering fast shipping and a lifetime warranty. And if you act now, you can get 5% off by using the discount code EMWEEKLY, all capitals. VanQuest has the expertise to help you stay organized and prepared. And don't forget, VanQuest.com. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we're always inventing new technology to help people stay safe and help people who can provide help get connected with people who need help. At Titan HST, we've deployed mesh networking, allowing emergency communication, even when networks are down, augmented reality, and real-time translation. We believe in the power of people help each other stay safe and thrive. And welcome back from that uh, that quick break. And, and hey, I want to give one update, though. With the VanQuest bags... Daniel, do you know that we're now at 10% off, not 5% off? So if you go over there, put the Ian Weekly discount code in, you get 10% off, not 5%. And so uh, if you guys are looking for some uh, good quality bags, check out VanQuest. So before we went on the break, we're talking about some some um, uh, case studies and stuff like this. I know that you guys have done some of them and working with PSAPs and, and how that works. And uh, t- so t- talk about that. How, how does it work? How does the system integrate with the PD? Yep. So um, the first thing, right, is once our analytic thinks that something is a gun, it's going to go to that that 24-7, 365, human-in-the-loop uh, operating center that, that ZeroWise has. Uh, we also let some of our clients that are, are maybe a little bit more mature, with like a more mature GSOC, do their monitoring, but we'll come on site and we'll train them up to our standard. That human operator, uh, once an alert comes into the platform, has really two options. One, they can declare it a false positive, or the second option, they can hit dispatch. They hit dispatch if it's a real gun or a real threat. It's going to push that alert so that that critical real time information. It's going to be a keyframe image um, of of the shooter with the gun, a timestamp and a geolocation. It's going to push that simultaneously to to two different pathways. The first pathway is going to be uh, directly to that local PSAP. The way that we do that is through a partnership with a company called Rapid SOS. Rapid SOS owns essentially the data pathways into something like 90% plus um, of the local PSAPs around the country. This is going to enable us to skip that traditional sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, 911 process where we, you know, maybe we sit and wait in a, in a queue um, or something like that. It's going to get that, cr- that critical real-time information directly to a 911 operator. The next place that this sort of goes is, is really anywhere a client wants it to. So what, we're what's considered uh, an open API, meaning that we can integrate to a, a ton of different uh, functions. For example, we integrate to our client's access control system so they can lock the building down. We integrate to their existing mass notification systems and crisis communication applications. 
We also have our own ZeroWise uh, desktop dashboard that we give every single client. It's just a it's a, it's a website, um, but it's, it's whitelisted for their IP, so only they can access it. Typically within a school environment, maybe the SRO or the superintendent or the principal uh, is going to have this up in their office. In sort of a retail environment or, or maybe like a shopping mall, your, the on-site security staff will have that up. Um, we also have the ZeroWise mobile app. Uh, that, that we give out uh, standard as, as part of our package to as many people who, who want it or think they need it. And then finally, we also have uh, the ability to, to send this critical information over text message or email. Um, so you, you think about sort of a, maybe a, a facility environment. Uh, we'll, we'll add every worker's cell phone if they want it. Um, we're able to broadcast it that way. So there, there's a lot of functionality built into the platform. Sorry about that. Um, that's that's awesome. So basically, you know, thinking about the closed environment. When I say closed environment, like a college uh, or university type thing, um, are you integrating with their campus safety departments and stuff like that as well, or is it only going to uh, local nine one one PD? You know, systems. Yeah. So I, I think uh, you know, if a college doesn't have sort of their, their own dispatch function, um, or, or they don't have like a a co located PSAP or something. Um, I, I think the solution there is we're going to, you know, maximize use of that, of that desktop dashboard that we give them as well as a mobile app. Um, so their, their security officers, or if they have a police force, um, we'll, we'll have that on their phones, um, you know, as well as, you know, the, the, the test message alerting and stuff like that. So if someone wants to, to take a look at the, your system and, and, and how it plays out and, and see it in real time, see what it does, how it does it and, and the options that, that there are, where do they go? How do they, how do they do that? Um, so they would, they'd contact us and we'd, uh, arrange a pilot. Um, and, and that's typically how we're, uh, you know, we're, how we're, how we're getting our stuff out to the market is, is through a pilot. We're still obviously a very, very early industry. I, I think, uh, I think people have to see it to believe it. And what's even better is, is that they see it on their own screens and their own cameras. Um, so that, that's sort of the way that we're going to market, at least for the next probably foreseeable future, 12, 18 months. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, the, the easiest way to, 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 to you know do that is, is to put it through its paces. We we have uh, every almost every single you know big client we've gone into has done some sort of evaluation where they're out there walking around with guns, uh, or we're showing up on site and they're they're telling us, hey, go over here, go over there. Um, we we love the feedback. It's, it's phenomenal stuff for our tech and tech ops team. Um, you know, I think at this point we've been we've been benchmarked by by some pretty big names to include Department of Defense, which I think uh, you know is is probably the, the the biggest feather in our cap so far. So in order to absolutely come, they would come to you to get a demonstration. They would say, "Come, you, you would go to them." So they call you, say, "We want a demonstration," and you'll go to them and give them a full demonstration on on the product. Yep. Uh, so typically they'll they'll hit us up and uh, we'll do like a virtual demo in, in the age of COVID uh, from our office in Philadelphia. Um, and then you know if if they express further interest, we'll we'll show up on site. So for, I mean, a, a great use case example right now. I'm I'm in a hotel room in Orlando because tomorrow I'll be on site with a uh, a public school system that we're that we're doing a, a proof of concept and pilot for um, to sort of get a sense of what their camera system looks like and what their VMS looks like and you know how how things are sort of oriented. And as part of that, we're, we're going to be doing a, a full evaluation of the system with numerous different types of firearms. Um, we're going to give them for 30 days to, to take for a test run. You know, I've seen some communities that are using, um, I forget the, the 
the way it's somebody please correct me out there or tell me what it is. It's where you can actually allow uh, the city to come into like your ring phone or to your, your uh, personal security cameras, right? Cities are working with partnerships with individual homeowners. Um, are are you guys integrating those cameras as well when a city does that? Like, you know, I mean, can my ring camera show you somebody with a firearm and, and then you know what's happening or how does that, how does that work? So we have yet to do anything with ring. Um, but I'm aware of, you know, sort of like city or, or, or municipal partnerships that are, that are public private partnerships. I think, you know, the city of DC is a great example. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the metropolitan police department in DC, uh, through, I, I can't remember what the, the overarching federal program is. Um, but they're able to work with, you know, private buildings, commercial property groups that, that have street level cameras. Um, and they're able to ingest those fees into their sort of real time crime center. Um, so I think what, what makes this a little bit trickier for vendors like us who are looking to access those feeds is, is, is how, you know, contractually, how does that, how does that work? Who pays that kind of thing? What makes it a lot easier is that if, um, all the fees are aggregated into one place uh, because we just have to either, you know, pull them into the, into our cloud instance or do, you know, some sort of on-prem solution for them there. Um, but we, we've seen, you know, a, a ton of different ways that networks are set up. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Does your um, one quick question just popped in my head. Does your, does your, uh, so with your system, is it all visual? I mean, can you, if you heard gunshots, but you couldn't see a weapon, does it identify that in any way? Um, yeah. So, so we're all visual. We're, we're just a software where this can integrate to, to the existing cameras. Um, we've seen cameras, uh, I guess more, more frequently that are, that are edge cameras that have uh, the ability to do acoustics. There's obviously a, a lot of acoustic gunshot vendors on the market mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I consider us, you know, two sides of the same coin. Um, you know, I don't look at them in any way as competitors, uh, particularly, you know, I think we're, we're, we're angling to be a little bit more proactive based on, uh, you know, that, that computer vision aspect and, and seeing a, a visible gun. Um, but, you know, if God forbid, you know, our software missed that or, you know, one of our competitors software missed that, having that acoustic as a backup, um, I think is, is very, very valuable. And I think what we're going to see more and more as sort of the, the new age of the security you know, business or security industry sort of matures is you're going to see this layered concept where it's no one's relying on just one or the other. It, it, it's going to be both. And um, I, I think, you know, the rest of the Zero Eyes team would, would probably agree with my assessment that, uh, that that's coming in the next like two, three years, particularly, you know, with, um, you know, the, the, the fortunes and people that are a little bit more uh, forward leaning on, on the security mm-hmm. stuff. Um even from like a liability and reputational damage perspective, these guys are starting to look at, uh, you know, they want to be all encompassing and, and have all the bases covered. Um, and then I think eventually that's going to permeate down to, you know, your, your sled market, uh, your federal market. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really excited. To, we, and, and this is you know something that I think is unique to, to this particular sort of niche of the industry is mm. we work with, we work with all these vendors. Um, we, we work with the acoustic guys all the time. I think we have a great relationship with, with most of the, the the, the, the big ones and it's because everything's gonna get pushed onto the edge eventually all of our stuff's gonna have to talk to each other um and, and work as sort of a, a turnkey solution so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you how would they find you uh so we've got uh obviously a web presence uh www.zeroeyes.com uh you could also uh if you want to email me directly it's uh kieran carroll at zeroeyes.com 
we're on, uh, I think, every form of social media at this point to include Instagram. Um, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're, 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 you know, just Google us, Zero Eyes. Uh, you'll, it'll all come up. I think we've got also a great YouTube. I, I would be remiss if I didn't plug our YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube uh, has a ton of live demos, a ton of stuff that we've done on client sites. Um, I think we're very open and transparent about how we do this. I, I, unfortunately, I think in this industry, there, there's probably some folks that uh, – I don't want to say fake, but uh, maybe overextend their capabilities a little bit or, um, you know, try to maybe a little bit of snake oil in there. Sure. That's not us. We're, we're, we're transparent. We want to show you uh, live demos. I think um, we do. I think we do a great job. We do a standing live demo uh, webinar every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern. We've had everyone from, you know, direct end users uh, show up to that. We've had you know, our partners typically bring their clients on, investors. Uh, and more and more, we're just getting like random people off the street that just I think are interested. Um, and I, I think once you actually see this work, uh, it, it's it's really compelling. Um, it, particularly, you know, our market now is uh, former law enforcement, law enforcement, and you know, military. And like, I don't know if you guys ever tried to sell it to, to that particular market, but they are the most skeptical guys in the world. And I, I can appreciate that coming from the military because every time you know a vendor came to the military trying to give us the, the next cool whiz bang toy. Half the time that that wouldn't work, um, or, or just you know wouldn't work as advertised. So I'm the same way, and everyone on the Zero Eyes team is. We're, we are we are skeptical people. We we fit well with our target market of law enforcement and uh, you know military and, and security you know professionals because we we've been there. Right. Well, you know the rule is give it to a marine, see if you can break it. If you can't break it, then uh, that's okay to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, we're we're about to find out. I think uh, pretty shortly when we're working with the marines. So so. <laughs> And, and that's the thing too. Is like I'm not a tech guy by any means. Um, we we try to make our platform as simple and as, as intuitive as possible. Um, mm-hmm. With with like yeah yeah you know your your, your typical like security guy in mind uh, of which I'm one. So um, I, don't, I don't mean that in any way negatively. Um, mm-hmm. You know we we've seen some of these solutions that are just like so over engineered and just to the point of like man in, in a real life situation there's no there's no functionality here. Um, so we're, we're, we're trying to avoid that and deliver something that's you know compelling and that works. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, if you're driving or your pencil's broken or whatever the situation is for you, you can't take notes, um, all of those links that uh, Kieran just said, they're going to be down in the show notes. So go ahead and go down there and click on them and visit them. Um, I was able to sit through, um, well, able, I was invited to sit through uh, one of their demonstrations. That's how I, I got to meet uh, Kieran and whatnot. And uh, I think it's a it's a really interesting platform. This is why I wanted to bring it to you, all the emergency managers out there. Uh, I, I was really excited to to uh, to have them on the show. Thank you so much for your time today, and everybody, please, you know, grab on your your um your personal favorite podcast listener your platform and subscribe down there. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, um, and oh yeah, go go back and check out. Uh, Zero Eyes' YouTube channel. They do have some really cool videos out there as well. So, everybody, see you next time. Thank you.